Our next reading of Scripture is going to come from Luke's Gospel. I'm sorry, from John's Gospel. No, I had it right, Luke. It's Luke. I don't know why I'm t- trying to get you all to John. Luke chapter 1, we'll be reading verses 26 through 38. Luke 1, 26 through 38, and I invite you to stand in body or in spirit for the reading of our Gospel lesson. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore the child to be born will be holy, who will be called the Son of God. And now your, Elizabeth, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren, for nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to thy word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. By the way, Laura beautifully said this morning, the greatest gift given to any of us ever is the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. But I believe I got the second greatest gift ever because my children last night gave me a self-heated vest. <laughs> yeah, I may survive the winter. Somebody's trying to freeze me out of my own house, but I may survive the winter now. So the Lord gives miracles every day. I don't know if you know there's not, if you've had more than a two-second conversation with me, you're probably aware of this. I'm a tremendous geek. If you don't believe that, just go into my office. You will see it looks like Star Wars had a convention on the top of my bookshelf. So I have all the Star Wars toys. I'm just a big old nerd. I've, I've embraced it long ago. It's just who I am. I love all the geeky, nerdy stuff. I love technology. I love fiddling with technology. It's something that I, I've loved since I was a small child, and I, I enjoy doing now. And so I, I play around with a lot of stuff. And One of the things that I, that I do here at the church is I also tinker and kind of fool with our church's technology. I'm always fiddling with stuff, trying to make stuff work better or or get things going. And so one of the things that I've always worked with since COVID especially has been our our church live stream. And we've had, if any of you work in computers or work with technology or deal with that kind of stuff, you know that man, when it works, it's great. When technology works, it is amazing. It's the best. It's so good. The problem is it only works 5% of the time. And so the other 95% of the time, you want to go insane, you know. And so my life is always on that teetering on that brink of insanity because of that. So, for instance, on Sunday mornings when the service starts, if you see me up there tinkering on my phone, I'm not usually not surfing Facebook, but 
I'm trying to make sure our live stream's going well because we've been having some issues with our live stream getting out. I don't know what the problem is. I've tried every trick in the book. I have talked to the CEO of the company that we work with. He's equally frustrated. It's nobody's fault. It's just one of those technology things where it just, it just drives you crazy because there is no answer and we don't know. So anyway, I'm usually up there fiddling to make sure the live stream's going out on the, on the Facebook page. I thought I had an answer recently. There's this really neat internet tool. If you're, a de- if you're deep in the nerddom like me, so I'm going to look at some of y'all and see. You may, I'll see if I see some nods of understanding. There's this tool called ITTT, If This Then That. It is a tool on the internet. Basically, what it does is if this thing over here happens, It'll make this thing over here happen. So, like, it has a lot of home applications. Like, let's say you have your, your thermostat, one of those wireless thermostats connected to the network. And let's say you have your phone connected to GPS. This tool can tell your thermostat, when you leave the house, turn the air down. Like, if this, if this happens, then this will happen. If this, then that. So, I have it set up right now. If there is a live feed on our church's YouTube page, then when it concludes, it will automatically send it to our Facebook page. That's the workaround I've created for technology. Does it work perfectly? I don't know. But on the point, I don't really care. Whatever. I'm not going to fix it, so there it is. But this concept, if these things, if this than that. If this happens, then this will happen. Neat concept, neat tool. If you're a nerd, check it out. Jesus loves you. The choir sang it beautifully. I love that anthem. You were loved today by Jesus. I like how Max Lucado put it in one of his books. You're the apple of his eye. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. You are loved. No matter what you bring into this space, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what is happening in your life now, no matter your beliefs, no matter anything, and no matter anything, you're loved. Like, that right there, y'all, that's, the, that's kind of the bedrock of the faith. That's, that's, that's kind of it, y'all. John three sixteen. We all read the Bible through certain lenses, through certain understandings. For me, when I read the Bible, the glasses that I put on to read, the lenses I read Scripture through are the lenses of John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe would not perish, but have eternal life. You're loved. Now, that's no shocking secret. You know that. You've probably been told that. In fact, I would wager, even if you struggle, like some of us, to believe that in your heart, you know, to really, because, y'all, what this world does to us, this world beats us up. We have things happen. We have tragedy. We have trials. We have failures. We have all manner of stuff. We have sins. We all do dumb things. 
And so when all of life happens to us, all the stuff of life, the failures, the tragedies, the trials, all the stuff that happens, what happens is that can get into our soul. That, that can get to our soul. And we can intellectually know John 3.16. We can have it up here. We can know on an intellectual level that God loves us. But sometimes we forget. Sometimes this world makes us forget. In fact, sometimes I think one of the biggest tricks the devil likes to play on is he wants to try to get us to forget that God loves us. And so it's important for us to hear over and over again that we're loved by God. And I think we all intellectually know that. So if this, then that. If today you know that God loves you, if this, you know God loves you, then that, somebody told you, right? If you know this morning, if you're watching online and you know that God loves you, if you know what we are talking about today, that Jesus is love. In Advent, we've talked about how it isn't just that Jesus gives us love, but that Jesus is love. It isn't just enough that Jesus gives us hope, but Jesus is hope. Jesus is joy. Jesus is peace. These concepts are actually fully incarnate in a person, and that person's Jesus. So, some you know that God loves you. That Jesus is love. So, if you know now that God loves you, if you know that Jesus is love, if this, then that, that means somebody told you, right? You probably didn't just have in your brain the phrase, Jesus loves me, pop into your brain. Maybe you did, but most likely you probably didn't. That means somebody in your life has told you that Jesus loves you. Somebody. Maybe your parents. Maybe if you were fortunate, you had godly parents who told you and modeled for you that Jesus is love. Maybe you had a preacher yammering on about God loving you. Maybe you had grandparents. Maybe you had a Sunday school teacher. Maybe you had a coach. I, one of my formative influences was one of my coaches when I played football who just mentored me and told me about God's love. So you, but okay, let's say, let's say, let's say you never had a person tell you that God's love. Let's say you never had a single person ever tell you that. Okay, cool. Then how do you know that? Maybe you read in a book. Maybe you read that Max Lucado book I was talking about earlier. Maybe you read Philip Yancey. Maybe, maybe you read the Bible. Maybe you've never had a conversation in your entire life about God loving you. Maybe you've read it. Maybe you've watched a video on it. But somewhere, somehow in your life, someone has told you that Jesus loves you. If you know that Jesus loves you, if this, then that, someone has told you that. Someone's told you. Either through word, through speech, through action, through writing, someone's told you. Someone in your life has acted in some way so that you could know that Jesus is love. The Bible is full of amazing stories, amazing characters. 
As you're thinking about, I don't want to spoil Christmas and rush into New Year's, but as you're thinking about New Year's resolutions, consistently reading the Bible is always a great thing to do in a new year, and I would encourage you to do that. If you've done, if you've done it before, do it again. If you've never done it, you can start now. When, we read, when you read the Bible, you see so many fascinating characters. We all have our favorites. I, I'm a big fan of Elijah in the Old Testament. I think his story is amazing. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Barnabas in the New Testament. Barnabas is probably my favorite non-Jesus character in the Bible. But outside of Jesus, there may be no more important person in the Bible than Mary. Because let, 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 let's, let's think through, let's think through Mary. Let's think, let's stop, let's think about Mary for a second. She was engaged to Joseph. Man, she had been betrothed, meaning basically in Jewish law, she was married. Once you are betrothed, um, you're married. She was basically married to Joseph. They had not consummated the marriage yet. So she had, her, y'all, she had her whole life planned. Like she'd already registered online for her China patterns. I mean, she had the veil picked out, probably had the wedding playlist already on Spotify. I mean, they had it done, Tim. They'd already met with the venue. I mean, they'd done the whole nine yards. She had the notebook. She probably checked it all off. You've been married. You know this notebook. She had the notebook. She probably checked it all off. She was ready. She had her life planned out. It was, I mean, and y'all, she had a good life. She was married to a carpenter. That's a good gig in that day. Like, that's good stuff. She did well. So, like... Things were great. Things were great. But here's the problem with God, y'all, sometimes. He blows up our plans. God is a big believer in blowing up our plans. Because here's the thing, y'all. Our plans are not as good as his plans. And as good as we think our plans are, his plans are better. So Mary had it all planned out. And God lit, lit a match and got some gasoline and burned it all down. You ever felt that way? I know, when he, I know no one here has ever felt that way. You had life all planned out. You knew how it was going to go. It was going to be great. And you had your plans and your dreams ready to go. And here comes the arsonist known as God who burns it down. Because here's the thing, y'all. God's plan's always better. God's plan may be different, but God's plan's always better. So, Mary, here's the thing about Mary, y'all. I like to argue with God. I'm a big fan of arguing with God. I do it all the time. I know he gets sick of me. I know. You ever had somebody who, when they're on the phone with you, I know, I know you don't do this because you're a better person than me, but like, you ever have somebody on the phone with you and you just put them on mute and go about your business and do what you're going to do because they won't stop talking? I'm sure God does that to me when I'm praying. He just puts me on mute and lets me talk for a while and then he does what he has to do. So if God had come and gave me some mission like he did for Mary, I'd have a thousand, God, this is not going to work. Here's all the things, yada, yada, yada. What does Mary do? Mary says, let it be unto me according to thy word. Mary is one of the icons of the church 
of faith. Let it be unto me. Here I am as your servant. Let it be unto me according to your word. What did Mary do when God blew her plans up? What did Mary do when God threw a match into her plans? What did God do in these situations? You know what she did? She had faith. She had faith in God's plans, and she said, yes. Let it be unto me according to thy word. Mary may be the greatest example of faith in all the scripture, even greater than Abraham, because she took that step of faith and trusted in God's plans, even when they were scary, even when they were different, and even when they may not have been the path that she would have chosen. Now, if this, then that. If Mary had not said yes to God's plan, now, God would have found somebody else because God's God. He's, got a, he's kind of a big deal. He'd figured this out. But because Mary said yes to God's plan, we have the story today. We have the Magnificat, which follows this passage. We have Luke 2 that we're going to read tonight because Mary said yes. We know that God is love. Because she said yes, she and her husband went all the way to Bethlehem, and there was this babe born, and the government shall rest upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty Father, Everlasting Peace, the Son of God. Because she said yes, God's plan unfolded. We agree that God is love. We agree that Jesus loves you. It's the very bedrock of our faith. We agree with that. There's somebody out there that doesn't know that, though, friends. There's somebody in your life. There's somebody in your family. There's somebody in your workplace. There's somebody in your neighborhood. There's somebody out there who doesn't know that God is love. Or maybe, maybe, maybe intellectually, maybe intellectually, they know that God's love. You know, like we said earlier, we all know intellectually that God is love. But maybe life has happened to them. Maybe they've experienced some church hurt. Maybe they've experienced some tragedy. Maybe they've experienced some pain. And they may know that God is love. But they need somebody to remind them. If this, then that. If we know that God is love, then we need to tell somebody. Because there's somebody out there, y'all, waiting and needing to hear that God is love, but how will they know unless we tell? How will they know unless they tell? Because of Mary's actions, because of her faith, because of these things, we have the story we're going to read tonight. Because of her faithfulness to God, God used her in that way, and amazing things happened, and we know the love of God. She said, let it be unto me, and because of that, 
We have what we have and what we know. Y'all, Mary is the example we should follow. Mary's example we should follow. There's somebody out there. There's somebody out there today, tomorrow, this week, next week, next month, who needs to know they're loved. There's somebody out there that the rest of the world's given up on. There's somebody out there who feels unloved, unworthy, unworthy of love, forgotten, forsaken. And we have it. We serve a God who so loved the world that whosoever would believe would have eternal life. There's somebody out there right now that needs, we say it all the time, the reason for the season. There's somebody out there who needs to know the reason for the season. If this, then that. If we know this, then we have to share it. I mean, what did I tell? What what could I not wait to tell you about in my sermon? I got me a self-heated vest, y'all. Like, seriously. I might survive the winter. I don't know. I may not survive the winter. My house, you've seen The Shining? Jack Nicholson, how he dies? That's how my house feels most nights. You know, that's kind of what I'm living with here. I love you, but it's the truth. I might survive now. So I couldn't wait to tell y'all about it. I just couldn't wait. I got a self you know, It's got a little spot for the battery and everything. It's so cool. It's great. I don't even find a way to plug it into the wall. I was about this morning in the shower. Like, I can plug this thing into the wall. I might not be to drink coffee. It might kill me if I drink coffee and spill it on it. So that's another issue. <laughs> I couldn't wait to tell y'all about that. When's the last time I bragged on Jesus in that same way? We're going to post our Facebook pictures tomorrow morning of everything cool we got. We're going to tell everybody about how cool our stuff is. I am. I got that vest. It's awesome. There's somebody out there that needs to know they're loved. There's somebody out there that needs to love y'all. We got, we got the greatest gift of the world. We got the love of Jesus, y'all. We got the love of Jesus. If this, then that. If we know this love that has changed our lives, has rocked our world, has given us purpose and life and love, then we got to tell somebody. Because there's a world in need of knowing that they're loved. And how will they know unless we tell them? How will they know? How will they know unless we tell them with our mouth? How will they know unless we tell them with our actions? How will they know unless they t- we tell them with all that we are? You are so loved by the God of the universe this morning. We know that. Let's go tell somebody about this babe born in Bethlehem. Let's go tell someone about the love of our Heavenly Father. 
Let's pray.